And hey, everybody, this is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Nate Johnson and Paul Anderson. And we are having fun here. <laughs> and I am smiling because my wife just told me to keep strong energy and go for it. Once in a while, we will record podcasts a little bit later than Paul would prefer. <laughs> and Karen has noticed that occasionally he starts getting a little... Uh, low on energy especially now that we're videoing like if you yawn like we're we're gonna know it so so no shame or anything we're not no of course not we're not gonna tire tired shame you um so we've been talking about relational christianity and we're gonna cut it off after today but i would like to continue it um because it's such a really interesting topic but i want to hear from you the listener the viewer and so I'd, I'd love you to send us your comments, your stories, your questions and follow-ups about this series. And then we're going to come back to this. I don't know when. Maybe, Good idea. Hopefully before the end of the year, based on, you know, your responses. And I'd like to address some of those things and talk about some of those things because um, the, the more we get into this topic, the more I realize this is going to touch, like this is, touches on a lot of issues and a lot of people have been hurt yeah. by individuals or churches who have not followed the Jesus model on how to be relational. Um, and so I want to hear from you. So please, um, questions at tcwkcast.com. And let us know if you have a story you want to tell. Please, if, it's, if it's something personal, please note whether or not you are okay with us saying it on the air. Because it, it doesn't have to be. We're not going to use you for podcast material. Okay, we, we want to personally bless you. And if you just want to share your story and have us pray for you, we are happy to do that. You are not the means to an end of a good podcast. But I will send things to you because yes. I've written on a lot of subjects and a, a lot of on Every subject that has ever happened to a human, <laughs> Paul, Paul has no unpublished thought, as our, friend, <laughs> as our friend Eric Bloom used to say. Yes. It is very nearly true. So uh, some of them may help you if uh, when we pray today, uh, it's an area that you need healing in or you have had healing in, I'd be glad to send you something. Awesome. So Paul, in concluding the series on how to be relational, how to let love lead versus let our desire to get stuff done or reach goals lead. Tough for both you and I. This has been a very convicting series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have some stuff I need to write down uh, and bring to the Lord, quite honestly. Um, what else do you want to say about this? Because I think there are some people who struggle with this more than others and some people who don't. Yes. Well, I have made an observation that I shared with you recently. We, as you know, have a special needs daughter and she does not live for the end. She is fully involved in the process. And what trips us up as leaders is that we are goal-oriented, and we are both highly Mm goal-oriented. And so that can impact from time to time the way we will treat people and we will sacrifice them on the altar 
of getting things done. The greater good. Yes. And the greater good uh, tends to snuff them out and make them feel like they're being used. And in fact, they were being used. Yeah. And we're not saying that, that the end never justifies the means. Don't get us wrong. Once when my daughter was about four, she started running into a parking lot where there were cars actively moving. I don't think she realized what was going on. And so I had to scream at her in the harshest possible tone of voice. And it scared the junk out of her. I mean, she started bawling. She was so scared because I had yelled at her so bad. But I needed to keep her from getting hit by a car. There was a car literally coming and I couldn't reach her in time. So I had to yell. That is an example where the end justifies the means. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to save her life. Um, but there are many times where we think the end might justify the means, but we're missing this bigger picture of love and of relational Christianity that Jesus laid out. Right on. Just wanted to toss that in there. Yes. So uh, she's a special needs daughter and she's full of love. And she gives it to us, to anyone, even at Trader Joe's. They yep. told me at Trader Joe's when I went there on my single shopping spree, which was very different than the way they shop. They told me I was different. They said, you don't shop <laughs> like your family. Because I went, <laughs> went through the line in six minutes and came up to the front and paid it and was out of there. And they said, my, you don't shop like Karen and Naomi. <laughs> they knew her names. And... Then he said, Naomi changes the culture of our store. Hmm. And by that, he meant that when she goes in there, he said, she knows everybody's names and she loves them. She cares about them. She asks, you know, hey, how's your dog? Is it, is it better? She has a memory beyond mine. I've got a good memory. That's for sure. She I ask, birthdays. this is true. I ask people or I ask Naomi when I forget someone's name, when I forget their spouse's name or kid's name or, or anything actually about anyone I've ever met. I literally ask Naomi and she almost always knows. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> Here's a story. And I, I believe it's a true story. It was written up as a true story. The uh, 2012 Olympics, I believe a uh, reporter had been uh, to that Olympic Games and he was a Christian and he wrote about how uh, the discipline, the preparation, the skill, the competition all had something to say about the Christian life. And he was fascinated with that until he went to the Special Olympics two years later. And the gun went off for the, I think it was the 40 yard dash and they ambled down the track and he was covering that. And one of the runners fell. Hmm. And something happened that surprised uh, or shocked the people in the stands, all the other runners stopped and they gathered around this one runner and one of them said, oh, you got an owie and they started to rub it and uh, they helped this person up. And then they all took hands 
and they finished the race together. And as I heard that, I said, that's just what Naomi would have done. Mm -hmm. And the reason she would have done it was that the, the goal was irrelevant. There's, there's, no, there's no need in her to beat anybody else. There's no desire in her to win. And so what they showed us is that people who don't operate just for the goal know how to love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to be. I don't want to I don't want to trip over my goals. Don't goals are fine. Goals are okay. But if I push uh, the vision over the values, we've been talking about values undergirding the vision. What are some values? Well, the value of love has to be there or the vision of spiritual gifts of using gifts to heal people. It's, uh, Paul says, it amounts to a zero. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful lest our goal orientation causes us to use or even abuse people rather than keeping the values in mind and letting those flow into the vision. There's a tension there. There that is. We hold. And it might not even be an act of using people. Like in, in your story about the Special Olympics, the others could have kept running and it wouldn't have hurt the person who fell. But they gave up the goal to help. There was no winning a race that was more important than helping the person who fell. Yes. They were alive to the moment yes. rather than the future. That's wonderful. It is wonderful. And if we would spend more time helping the people who need help rather than trying to accomplish our own goals. Oh, I come on. Come I on. I feel like that would make Jesus really happy. Oh, oh. And I feel like at the end of the day, we would reach our goal better and more honorably than if we just, I won. I won on the best, you know? So what? Look at, look at Zacchaeus. He's coming into town. He's on his way to the cross. He's ready to go up from Jericho to Jerusalem. This is the last time he will make that walk. It's an 18-mile stretch from below sea level to 2,500 feet. He's about ready to take that. What would stop him? What would get in his way? I will tell you, a short man who's rich, who's maybe filthy rich, who wants to see Jesus. Talk about, he could have been so goal-oriented, he's going to the cross, he's going Absolutely. to do the thing that he was created to do, Yeah, he was sent to do this, and yet what could stop him? One man who needs a friend, who's been thrown off by the Pharisees because he's uh, placated by the Romans. And physically different, you know, yeah. whether it was technically a deformity or not, it was, he was ostracized for that too. And he but was Jesus so, saw him. Jesus, Jesus saw him. He was so eager that he climbed a tree. I mean, he could have been mocked for that, but he climbed the tree and Jesus spotted him. I love it. That's great. We and need he, to do that. He helped him. He, he was not so goal-oriented that he missed out on that. And that's the way I want to be. I don't want to yep. trip over my goals.
and I'm afraid I have too often. Me too. And you know, we're, we're, we hear, keep your eyes on the prize. And we're not saying that's bad. Paul had a goal. He looked forward to his goal and he said he's finished the race. You know, that, that is good. This is though the other side of that, to remember that if we only keep our eyes fixed on the goal, we're going to miss Zacchaeus in the tree. Mm-hmm. We're going to miss the widow crouching on the side of the road. We're going to miss all that stuff. And I'm sad that I have. I'm I sad have. that I well, We literally don't know all the things we've missed. <laughs> That's right. We don't know. Um, and I'm not saying when we get to heaven, God's going to scold us for all the people we missed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we want to be able to reach out and help those who are hurting and those who are in need. And sometimes if we're so focused on our goal, um, it's easy to forget that because our eyes are fixed. And like I shared a couple of weeks ago, when I get real focused, I'm efficient and I get stuff done and I'm good at it, but I miss what's going on in my own family. Ask my kids. They yeah. know, they know my, I'm goal oriented and I'm a hard worker and I get things done, but I've missed some opportunities because yeah. of it. Just the other day I was in the zone, right? In between things. So I was in the kitchen. And so when the kids see me, that's, license in their mind to ask me a bunch of questions or whatever they want to do. And they started doing that. And I, Sarah can tell I'm in the zone. So she's like, don't, don't ask dad any questions right now. <laughs> and I half heard as I was leaving, Why is he mad? No, no, he's just not going to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't feel she wasn't shaming me. She was just saying practically just wait. <laughs> if you wait until he finishes this, then he can give you his attention. Um, but now <laughs> that I'm thinking about this and we've been talking about this so much, I'm like, Maybe that's not good. Maybe I should stop because if I did and I am goal oriented and focused, I'm just thinking out loud here, Paul, about my family. So give me some counsel. Wouldn't it really honor my kids if I did stop dead in my tracks and lean down and say, what do you need, sweetie? Mm -hmm. And focused on them instead. I feel like that would really honor my kids. Oh. And I feel like that would maybe be a better thing to do. Because I sort of pride myself on my ability to get in the zone and get stuff done. <sighs> but I don't know. I mean, I think about Naomi. And I'm always a little put to shame. Not in a negative way, but she knows how to love better than I will this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact. Um, Paul's special needs daughter, for those who aren't familiar with the names. And I don't know. I wonder if sometimes intellect and giftedness might actually get in the way. I'm not saying intellect is bad. Being gifted intellectually is nice. It helps society, helps your family. But sometimes it maybe gets in the way of things that are more important. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want to take pills to make me less intelligent or less gifted. <laughs> Lord knows I don't need that. Age does that enough. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking out loud here because there's a lot of thoughts going on in my head and it's just, I'm questioning things. Um, my first experience with this sort of thing that you're talking about uh, with special needs people was at um, Gary Gilbertson's church in Northfield, Minnesota, where I went to college. And um, I try to honor Gary every time I can um, as my, my former mentor. And they would go um, pick 
people up from a, a, um, a care facility, you know, um, mentally handicapped. A couple of them could talk, a couple of them could not talk or barely. Um, it was usually a crowd of about four or six of them. And we all know them by name. One of them was very talkative, really reminded me of Naomi. I mean, like, in an amazing way. And he always wanted to know everything that was going on in our lives. And every week he would ask us how we were doing. And he really cared. Um, and God changed me in a lot of ways when I was at college and freeing me from Phariseeism, um, which we've talked about. And one of the ways he did that was he kept drawing my attention to these folks who would worship with abandon, like mm -hmm. David before the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they loved Jesus and they loved other people. And it was better than me. <laughs> they were better than me and I knew it. And it, it messed up with my, at the time I, I had pride about the intellect thing. And I had pride about being right about stuff. These folks, they didn't know stuff. They didn't know the right doctrine. They knew Jesus is God and he loves me and I love him. And that was about the extent. And yet they were more like Jesus than me in ways that actually mattered. <laughs> and God really used it and I talked to Gary about it multiple times and he was like yeah I know right <laughs> it's crazy um, and so he really understood that and I love it was the first church I had ever been to not, nothing against churches I had been to previously but it was the first church I had been to that gave place and voice for those quote-unquote those people because they sat right up front Wow and they were noticed because some of them were loud and they would clap at times other people would consider inappropriate and that sort of thing, you know? Um, and I don't know, it just, it really affected me and it still affects me to this day because there, there was something they got that I needed. And at the time I didn't really know how to get it, but I think what it is, is what we're talking about. Yeah. Putting people before plans, progress and products. Yeah. The end result, the product, is uh, important to us goal-oriented people, and uh, that can trip us up. It can help us to be efficient, to get things done, and I think God honors that, but uh, I've been tripped up too many times, and I'm thankful for this because I'm being convicted now that I need to change some things. I'm, I'm here ready to pray for people uh, for their need, but I need prayer as well tonight. Ooh. Me too. <clears throat> Excuse me, this is good. I'm getting emotional here. So this is good stuff. Um, I did want to bring up one more thing because we're going to end the series after, after today and um, come back to it later, like I said. But um, I am aware that there are people who have been used by the church, used by others or feel that way. We prayed about that last week. We prayed for those folks last week. But I, I'm aware that there are other people who feel that way about God. And the way they see God, perhaps, is, well, the ends does justify the means. God needs to have his kingdom expanded, and he needs people to get saved, and so he uses us to do it. And I've even used that language before. Um, 
but that's not right. <laughs> and it's not true. The Jesus way is that people and relationships are more important than getting something done. And so here is the truth, everybody. You are more important to God than whatever it is he wants to do through you. Mm-hmm. You are more important to God than your calling. You are more important to God than your assignment, your mission, or whatever else you're supposed to do. And again, back in college, I, I had this idea that it was the other way around. The calling was more important, and so I would sacrifice. And sacrifice is good. Sacrifice is a part of this, absolutely. I'm not saying just live selfishly and let God spoil you. That's not what I'm talking about. But I had this idea that the ends do, does justify the means. And we, we're just all part of the army of God, part of the machine. And he throws soldiers at things, and there's battles, and people die. And people get martyred, but it's all for the greater good. And that's actually how I thought about God. And I thought that was the right way to think about that. And it's really not. That is not who God is. And I'm not just talking about that's not my experience of God. I'm saying that's not the God of the Bible. Now, we do serve him. Absolutely. He is our master. But the the service to God and the level of sacrifice that is asked of us grows proportionately with the relationship. And so when our relationship with him is strong enough, because that's what's more important to him, then he will ask more of us. And he will ask for more sacrifice for the sake of other people. Um, But God doesn't use people. God partners with people. God joins with people to achieve his goals for his name's sake. But if there is anybody who feels like Maybe they were used by God. Um, that's something I want to pray for before we end. Yeah, I think that's really good, Nate. I think that's right to do. And I think there are people who have been used. And I think there are some people who have simply been let down. Yes. By God. Karen was let down by God yes. when uh, we were uh, having our... A fourth child, and we had prophetic words that this one was going to be different. Well, it was very different, and the, the child died in the womb just before delivery, and that was extremely hard for Karen to go through, and she was uh, out of touch for about nine months, and uh, she felt God had let her down. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for her to deal with it. She's a singer, as you know. She couldn't sing because uh, God didn't come through. And no. so I think there are cases now we're going to pray for where where God used you and other cases where God didn't do what you thought he, would, he should have done. And... Uh, both of them we need we need healing for absolutely and and just to be clear we're not saying you need to forgive god because he did something wrong but what often happens is that we have expectations that we might not even realize we have but we have expectations and whenever expectations are not met we feel let down we feel hurt we feel used abused that sort of thing and so Sometimes it comes from our improper perspective or our own selfishness that we want something or expect something. And I'm not saying that's always bad. 
to expect a child to be born alive and healthy is a perfectly acceptable expectation. Mm -hmm. um, but when things like that do not happen and those expectations are met, it is um, brutal, brutal. And so there have been times where I felt like I had to, again, not forgive God, but let go of those things, let go of those expectations. God, I'm going to stop blaming you for something that wasn't your fault that you didn't do. So the steps are similar to how we forgive another person. Okay. Yeah. And what we did the other night where we let go of them and we ask God to come in and heal us in the place of that wound. So the process is the same, but we, we don't use the language of you have to forgive God because that implies he did something wrong with which he didn't. So hopefully that covers all my, uh, Doctrinal basis. That's good. And I think you should you should lead us in the in the praying uh, this time, Nate. I, I would love to. So please join me in prayer, um, especially if you have felt that you were maybe let down by God at some point. And this is difficult for us because religiously we don't want to admit that we're mad at God. Mm -hmm. It seems it seems wrong. It seems inappropriate. It seems sacrilegious to say oh i'm mad at god and so what we do is we hide it but that animosity grows just like you know if you've ever been really mad at someone it's hard to get past a certain level of relationship with them because you're holding that against them we're not supposed to hold anything against anyone especially god so read the psalms because david is angry at god fairly frequently and he lets god know it he says, Lord, where are you? Lord, why didn't you come to my aid? Lord, why am I surrounded by my enemies when I'm supposed to be blessed? Lord, what is going on? He yells. These are praise songs, by the way. <laughs> These are praise songs, folks. And he's yelling at God. Not in a blasphemous way. Guess what? God is big. He can handle it. He wants you to be honest with him. So, Father, I pray that you would help us. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to touch the heart of, and mind of every person who's listening or watching this, wherever, whenever this is. Pray that you would touch our minds and you'd bring to our memory anything that we are holding against you. Any area that we were let, felt let down, where we felt used, felt abused, felt overlooked, where our expectations weren't met where we felt like you weren't there or let us down. And I pray that over the next few days, you would bring these things to our mind, Lord God, and help us to let them go. Lord, we, we confess that sometimes we have wants, needs, expectations, and that when they're not met, we get angry. And so, Lord, I, I confess that, and I just repent of that, and I let it go, Lord. I let it go. And help me to let go emotionally, of that feeling of being let down, that feeling that maybe I'm overlooked by you. Other people feel you and hear you and, and, and all these wonderful things and I don't and I feel overlooked or left out or like maybe I'm not one of the special kids. I'm one of the kids, but I'm in the back. That's for somebody who's listening, by the way. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to let go of these feelings that we're ashamed of. We don't want to 
to tell anyone. We don't want to let them out because we feel like we, we know we shouldn't be angry at you because you're perfect. So the problem must be with us, but we, we still feel the feelings and we're still ashamed. So Lord, help us to let go, to clean out these things. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come as that gentle comforter and that you would help us to pull any of these weeds out of our heart and just toss them in the fire. And that you would then, as we let go of all of that that has happened to us and the emotions we felt about it, we let that go and we give that to you. We receive from God, the Holy Spirit, your life and your peace and your comfort. And Lord, for some of us, I pray that you'd show us what was really happening. Show us what really went on. Show us how you were there with us when that happened. Even when we felt like you weren't or we felt abandoned, you were right there every second of the way, Jesus. Show us that, Lord. Even over the next couple of days, pray that you'd bring things to people's mind and give them a correct memory, a correct understanding of what actually happened then. Help us to let these things go. And we just receive your healing. We receive your wholeness, Lord, because we know that you care more about us than you do about the work you do through us. You care more about us than about our calling or our ministry or the way we can expand the kingdom. You care more about us, so much so that you came and you died for us. And I believe scripture clearly teaches that if there had only been one sinner, you would have come. Because you left the 99 to come after the one. And so, Lord, we receive that. And we thank you for it. Teach us day by day, Holy Spirit, how important we are to you. And help us to learn to accept and to embrace how important we are to you. Mm -hmm. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Mm -hmm. Very, very helpful, Nate. This has been a good series. Very thankful we did this. I am too. And uh, again, just a reminder, we're going to circle back to this because I, I think it's one that I, I want to get your stories, your questions, uh, your concerns, whatever the case may be, on this series, on this topic that we've been talking about. Because I think it's a bigger one in the church than maybe we think it is. And with each passing week, it seemed like it was actually a bigger thing um, than I thought it was. And so uh, let us know questions at tcwkcast.com. And we look forward to reading them. And we'll see you next week. God bless. Bye. Yep. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.